Um dia de sol Eu fui pra trabalhar Beautiful souls, I'm Camille. And this is Erica of the Healthcare from the Soul, the Healer's Journey podcast. Where we listen to stories from heart-centered healthcare providers who are rewriting their story as healers of this world. Now more than ever, they feel dissonance within themselves and the system and are answering their soul's calling for something more. Erica and Camille host retreats around the globe for healthcare professionals interested in discovering more about their life's purpose in the healing arts. To learn more, head on over to the show notes. Let's go to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you, Shamika, for joining us today on Healthcare from the Soul, The Healer's Journey. Um, I just want to dive right in and ask you, so the healer's journey is based on the hero's journey and there's the departure, the initiation, and then the return. And I look at, um, this, the audience for this podcast is healthcare workers, healthcare employees, people in the medical field, that when you get the call, you're in the healthcare system, you know, it's broken then you get the call and you depart to go answer that call. Can you walk us through your healer's journey? Absolutely. Thank you for having me, by the way. I'm happy to be here and to discuss this topic. And for me, it was um, one moment in time that I know was like an epiphany moment where I decided that I was definitely going to be stepping away from my wonderful career in healthcare, which I really did love and appreciate and honor. But I knew that for me, um, in my next steps, it was not going to be there. And I was in Puerto Rico on a beach (laughs) and looking out at the water and just, um, you know, just reflecting. And in that moment, it was just like something hit me, like I said, and I was just like, okay, I need to step away from this and go into something else for people individually, for the patients that I continue to see day in and day out that, you know, really hold a space in my heart, but I feel like I'm not doing enough for. So part of the journey for me was stepping away because I felt like I wanted to do more for, um, you know, my patients and I wanted to be able to do one-on-one um, education and one-on-one teaching so that they did have a better foundation of preventive, preventative, excuse me, preventative care, um, and not such reactive, you know, care. And so for me, that was part of the journey. And I think in that moment, sitting on the beach, when something came to me, that was just, divine intervention saying, you know what, you're here to, you've done what you could in the space that you've been in for 15, 16 years, it's time for you to move on and do it in a different manner. Did you know what that different manner was at the time? I actually did not really know at all, (laughs) but it was something, and it was funny because I was in Puerto Rico with my mom and my sister and I literally went back to the hotel, went out on the balcony, 
And I had no idea what really, like you were just asking what direction this was going to go for me. But I immediately got on social media and I said, like, this is what I'm doing. And it was like, so it was like, almost like it wasn't even me. It was just somebody coming through me saying, you need to put this message out there. Let everybody know that this is the direction you're going. It wasn't like in the past where you get something, you get an idea and you're like, well, let me think about it. Let me, you know, weigh the options. It was like, no, this is it. This is what you're doing. Something told me to get online and just like speak it out into the universe. And that's where the journey really began. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. It's at the moment of intention, particularly declaring it on social media, the universe conspires to assist right. you. Right. And so from there, it was, you know, um, my choice to start my own business in one-on-one coaching and doing that from a holistic um standpoint. So I did get certified as a holistic wellness coach to be able to do that and do it with, again, you know, even though I had the nursing background, I really just wanted to make sure that I was giving my all to my clients and understanding, making sure that I bridge that gap between holistic care and, you know, Western medicine and how that kind of worked bringing in other forms of medicine to combine um, and talk to my clients about that. Did you have to leave any part of yourself behind when you moved forward into this divine calling? No, I don't think I, I, I don't think I had to leave part of myself, but I think I had to leave part of an identity that other people saw me as. So for me, it wasn't leaving part of myself. It was actually stepping into a new part of myself. But for other people, it was very hard for them not to identify me as Nurse Shamika or Nurse Mika, which I was called. And so it was harder for them almost (laughs) in the beginning. I will say in the beginning, it was harder for them. For me, I was like, okay, this is where I'm going. It was very, again, you know, just a calling. And I was so gung-ho and happy to be doing it and going on this new adventure. Um, But later on down the line, yes, I did have moments where I was like, okay, it was hard for me not to identify myself as a nurse because I had done it for so long. And where am I now? Like, where do I fit when people ask me, what do you do? Or what, you know, what are you doing? Do I say, well, I'm a former nurse. Or do I still call myself a nurse? Or do I say I'm a holistic wellness coach now? And I kind of went through that transition of, okay, yeah, who am I? And what am I doing now? And stepping into the confidence that I had as a nurse after 15, 16 years being a supervisor, you know, I was very confident in leadership and in my nursing abilities and in my career and what I had done into this new, um, you know, space where it was new and I wasn't as confident and I wasn't as feeling, you know, as much of a leader. It was more of, um, you know, a learning, learning kind of as I go. So that was a transition for me. How did you learn about the coaching world? 
Um, to be honest with you, I learned about the coaching world kind of through, <laughs> this is going to sound funny, but I used to watch Oprah Winfrey, who hasn't, and she had a woman who would come on her show named Iyanla Van Zant. If you haven't heard of her, she is um, a very spiritual woman, and she's a pastor and a priestess and a coach and just everything combined. And I used to watch her and I used to watch how she spoke and what she would tell the, you know, the members that were, or the, um, the show guests and something about her just really resonated with me. And so I started to follow her career and it wasn't at the time, I didn't even know she was a coach. Like I didn't even know what that term was or what that word was. I just knew I gravitated towards what she did, how she helped people how she took, you know, the brain and kind of the mindset aspect of it and the spiritual aspect of it and kind of the more holistic approach, because I had never really seen that before where I was, you know, in the medical field. And so I was very intrigued by it. And so I started reading her books and following her. And then one day I was like, okay, like, when I decided that I was going to be a coach, I was like, that's kind of what she was doing. And I put the two together and it was like, maybe that was even the start of it before I knew I even was thinking about it, you know? And so looking back, that was my first introduction to that type of role. She was your uh, TV mentor. And yeah, she still is very one of a big one of my mentors. And I've actually done courses with her and I'm spiritually trained through her and certified in my spiritual training through her now. Um, but yeah, back then I was not <laughs> back then. I was just kind of like a fan girl. But yeah, she was my mentor that she didn't even know. <laughs> I'm telling you, Oprah just has inspired so many people by the people that she's had on and lifted up. It's just really, <laughs> yeah, she's definitely amazing in her own right, for sure. Um, you know, and it was just one of those things. Like I just loved the way that they were bringing that to people. And so I followed that and looking back, it's like, okay, now I can connect kind of where maybe that came from mm -hmm. with, you know, subconsciously, I didn't even know. Yeah. So um, let's let's go back a little bit to when you were in healthcare, And of course, we all know that the healthcare system is flawed. So we don't need to spend a ton of time there. We like to for this podcast more to be the one where we look forward. But we want to really get to know you a little bit more on your journey, because what is most personal is most common. Um, and so you had this awakening or this moment when you were on the beach in, in Puerto Rico where you just knew you needed to do something different. The years prior to that, did you have any nudges that maybe you put aside or any other times where you felt like that you weren't um, resonating with your profession? Um, absolutely. I would say that for me, um, it probably started about the last four to five years of my career. And I think for me, what it was, was the environment I was actually personally working in um, wasn't necessarily 
the most positive work environment and it wasn't the most positive energy around what I felt should be the model of healthcare. And so for me, it was kind of one thing to be dealing with patients and seeing how sick patients were. I started to notice, you know, as I matured in my career and in myself, um, just how sick my patients were, how every patient was coming in with heart, you know, heart um, problems, blood pressure issues, high cholesterol, um, diabetes, cancers, you name it, autoimmune diseases. And so I started to just really see a pattern. And the pattern for me became, okay, here I am and here we are in the healthcare system supposed to be helping people. But here we also have all these people coming in that are sick and on so many medications. And what I really started to notice was that there was a gap between education and what these patients were dealing with. There was, you know, no knowledge of disease. Um, there was no knowledge of medications, you know, why they were taking them. Sometimes they didn't even know what they were taking them for, you know? And so for me, that was very um, troubling. And I was always an advocate for my patients and saying, you know, you need to know what you're putting in your body. You're putting this in your body every day, sometimes multiple times a day. You don't even know why you're taking it. You don't know what it's called, you know? And so that part started to kind of just weigh on me. And I think, you know, as things happen, it, it kind of piles on. So with that, it was also on the work end of it, my company, my place of work, I did not feel was putting patients necessarily first. And so being a patient advocate again, it started to dawn on me how other things, um, were more of a factor. Insurance, you know, I'll just go out and say it, money, <laughs> um, you know, prestige, things like that. Making sure the doctors and the surgeons are taken care of before the patient. And so that started to really bother me. And so for me, my, my thought process was, okay, well, if I can get into management, then I will have more of a say-so and I'll have more of a hands in there where I can change things and I can change the culture here and I can change, you know, all that stuff. And so that was kind of my, I guess, looking back, maybe a little bit naive of me, but um, it's what I did. And I became and went for a position as a supervisor and I became a nursing supervisor. And so really that last two and a half years as the nursing supervisor was really where I just started to really be able to say, you know what, at this point, as much as I love my career of nursing and as much as I love what I do as far as that goes, the bigger picture around me is not in alignment with me any longer. Um, it's not in alignment with what I pictured you know, myself doing as far as a heart-centered um, healthcare provider to give to these patients. And so for me, it became kind of personal. I'm, this is not in alignment with me and I don't feel like I'm doing enough. And I don't, I'm not the type of person that just continues to sit back and, 
you know, let that type of stuff just kind of fly under the radar. I really felt like I needed to figure something else out, but I didn't know what that was. And so then that's where I think sitting on the beach and just reflecting, having that moment of quiet and having that moment of, you know, meditative time and space, it allowed that download to come to me. How much time from the moment you spoke with your supervisor to the moment you had on the beach? Well, what happened was I had never really taken a vacation <laughs> um, in the time of, you know, I was a supervisor for almost three years. In that time, I had never really taken a vacation. And so my mom was turning 65 and me and my sister had this idea to take her to Puerto Rico. And so when I went in to put in the time off for two weeks during the holiday, it was during the holiday because my mom's birthday is on December 30th. So I was like, I'm taking the week of Christmas and the week of New Year's and I'll be back. And I was met with resistance, like a question of we'll see type of energy. And you know, it was really tough because I'm like, here I am working my tail off. I've got three departments. I'm, you know, I'm over 40 employees. I've never taken a vacation of this magnitude, maybe a day or two here and there. Very devoted employee. And um, now, you know, it's a problem for me to take a vacation and for this reason and things like that. So that was just kind of another icing on the cake. And so from basically the time that I went on vacation, it was like two weeks. <laughs> and I sat on that beach and I was like, I can't do it. Like, I think that was just kind of the straw that broke the camel's back maybe. And like, again, it wasn't even my plan when I went on vacation to like come back and put my notice in and step down from my supervisor position and everything. But that day on the beach, that's what it told me to do. And so that's what I did. As soon as I got back, I put in my notice. I said, I'm stepping down from the supervisor position. I have other aspirations that I'm going to be, you know, going after and goals and things. And thank you for your time and, you know, all of that good stuff. And so I was met with, no, please don't go. <laughs> like, can you stay? Maybe just part time. And I said, no, I'm pretty solid in, on this decision. And it was, it was scary. Like it was scary when I think about it because it was a huge leap of everything I had known, you know, comfort zone, you know, steady income, you know, over six figures and all that stuff. People I had worked with, again, I hadn't been there just two or three years. I was at this place for about 12 years, I think at the time. So I had put it, it was like a family, a second family. So you know, all of those things, it was hard, but again, it's like when the universe speaks, sometimes you just gotta do, do, do it and listen. And that's what I felt at that time. If it, it was very strong. Yeah. When the universe speaks, you have to move. Mm -hmm. Cause if you don't, it keeps whispering. And then finally it's just like, right. <laughs> And I was always say, sometimes you can block your blessing by not listening to your intuition, not listening to that gut, not listening to that inner voice, which we all have, especially as women, <laughs> we are very blessed with a very strong intuition. And a lot of times because of fear, doubt, um, the unknown, we don't listen to it as much as we should. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so, you know, at that point, like I said, it was so strong. It was like, almost like I had no choice. It was like out of my hands to even listen and do it. So, and, you know, now that I look back, I can look back and say that was literally like a divine intervention. It was literally the universe speaking to me and moving me in a different path um, that I'm supposed to be, you know, my purpose. And so, you know, I'm very happy with my decision. <laughs> Did you have a connection to your inner voice um, before that? And yeah, I've always I've always been pretty intuitive. Um, I've always been someone who consults self first um, and chooses to trust that, you know. Um, so, but had I done anything kind of this big before? No, I think this was maybe one of the biggest decisions that I've had to make in my life as far as you know, where I didn't have the answers and where I didn't know exactly what the next step was going to be. And I didn't have, you know, all of the, you know, um, tools there, <laughs> you know, just waiting for me. So this was definitely one of those times where, um, you know, it was like, okay, Shamika, are you crazy? What are you doing? And sometimes that would play in my head, but it was like, yeah, you're crazy, but you know what? you can do this. We can do hard things <laughs> because it wasn't for me. It was for the patients, you know, at the end of the day, it was for them, not necessarily me so much. And what was that next step that showed up? So the next step that showed up was, um, me going and again, getting my certified, um, holistic, um, coaching certification. And so I did some research and found a program that was in alignment with me and did that work because again, um, I just felt like for me personally, I always just like to do everything kind of by the book. And I wanted that certification and I wanted those credentials just to be sure that again, that I was merging what I knew from my healthcare background with what I felt called to do, which was bring the holistic aspect in it. And so shockingly, because, I, you know, I wanted to go into it, not with, I know everything already. I wanted to go into it with an open mind and a beginner's mind and a student's mind. And so I really found some new, you know, things when I did that and some things that were very different. I learned a lot and that solidified even more so that there's huge gaps in um, medical care and holistic care, mm -hmm. big gaps. And mm -hmm. so it kind of just put a stamp on, yes, this is where you need to be. This was the right decision. And so it was one of those markers for me that said, okay, you're on the right path. You know, this is exactly, and I loved it. I loved what I was learning. Um, and so, yeah, it really just made it full circle that this is that this was the right choice so we're going to go into the big dream and how of how we envision healthcare in this perfect world you know scenario at some point in this interview <laughs> what i would love to really touch on right now since we're kind of in the um, modern day healthcare is you mentioned this idea of, of the, the that you noticed there was a big 
difference between holistic care and Western medicine. Can you touch a little bit more on that? And then also, um, how do you see that we could change the system that we have currently? I think number one for the first question, um, the big thing I think is education. And I always come back to that because I think that the more you know, you know, the better you'll do. And you don't know what you don't know. And so we have a healthcare system who accompanies everybody from every type of background, every religion, every, you know, um, place in the world potentially. And we kind of have this narrow focus of how we treat our patients. And I think one of the things with the holistic nature is that we dive a little bit more into the whole of the patient. Um, not just what is your complaint today? What is your ailment? And what can I do to fix that ailment? For me, what I love about holistic health is focusing on not just the ailment, but maybe what else has been going on that could cause this ailment? What else is going on in your body? What else is going on in your life? What else is going on in your world? mind, body, kind of soul and spirit that could be bringing on this ailment. Because if you practice and study holistically, you understand that a lot of times what our body brings to us in the form of ailment, pain, anxiety, whatever it may be, is usually our body trying to speak to us. And I don't think that right now where medicine is that we make that connection and that we make the um, effort to dive more into that. Instead, we go here, let me give you this quick fix, take this without any other, you know, mention or question about what else could be underneath that surface. And so we're putting a Band-Aid on stuff and we're not really healing. And we're not really giving people uh, opportunity to do things preventatively. And we're not giving people an opportunity to understand their bodies. Mm -hmm. We're not giving them an opportunity to understand what's going on within them. Yeah, the doctors have all the knowledge and they give you this diagnosis and they give you this bottle of pills. And then the patient continues to not understand and know. And that is where that gap in education was. There was no teaching. There was no, let me sit you down because, you know, everything's quick these days. Got to get you in, got to get you out. And so I think that was one of the problems. People would be like, I didn't even see my doctor. They just sent me straight here, you know, on a referral. And so there's, there's just missing pieces. And if we want to be healed, you know, um, there has to be more of that because we're not going to get healing with the way things are going now. People are not going to be healed. Yeah, and Shamika, what I'm I'm hearing too is that it's more than just the one pager of you have type two diabetes. This is what that means. This is the medication that you're taking. Um, this is when we'd want to see you again. It's more of the education of how the body 
um, how the body may heal itself or, or that you can have other, your body is telling you something. And so maybe listening to and investigating what that means. Is that, am I hearing that correctly too? Where education to the patient or for the patient could be even deeper, like on a deep Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's just so many layers. And what I've learned, especially with one-on-one coaching, and even before this is what I started to see when I would take time to explain to a patient why they're taking a medication, how it works in their body, you know, why it's important, what it works with, why do I need to, um, you know, with diet, why do I need to eat my protein and my vegetable, how does it work synergistically in my body together, you know, versus just I'm going to eat some chicken at this time. And like five hours later, I'm going to eat this, you know, like more education of understanding how things are working, because when they have the understanding and the knowledge, they have the aha. And when they have the aha is when change really starts to happen. Until then, it's just information, information, information. And so people have so much information thrown at them these days. It does not get retained. And then again, a lot of times it's just this quick, you know, um, interaction with the patient and the doctor or even the patient and the nurse, you know, giving them discharge instructions. It happens so fast and they don't have an understanding. They just have a instruction, here, do this. They don't have a real true understanding of why you need to do this, how this is going to truly help you, how you can, you know, change this for yourself. And so I think that's really important for people to have. And I think they deserve that. And they, as much as, you know, we pay into the healthcare system and as much as we do all of that, I think that we can do better for the patient in that area. Yeah, I love that. So more of an understanding versus an instruction. Right. And um, I know you asked, you know, what do I think we can do to kind of um, do that in a bigger way with the whole healthcare system? I think one of the ways is going to be to start implementing more of this stuff in probably, you know, medical schools, nursing schools, things like that is a place to start because I know they don't get any of that education themselves. So how can they educate somebody if they're not educated on on that either? Um, And so that's a start. But then, you know, you have other things like bigger than that, which are like the insurance companies and the pharmaceutical companies. And so getting them on board, you know, getting them to a place of, I understand, yes, I get it, that this is a business structure, but how can we marry business and, you know, money with heart-centeredness and compassion and advocacy? How can we marry those two together so that everybody is getting help and healing, not just band-aids and, you know, um, short-term, you know, cover-ups. Yeah, the pill for every ill. (laughs) Right. And, you know, it's funny because (laughs) we're watching TV the other night and my son, we see, you know, a commercial comes on and it's a medication commercial. 
and it was just like take this medicine for this and then you know it's like but then you could get this this and this and this and my son even asked me he was like why would i ever want to take that if all that was gonna happen you know and it's like you know it was just kind of one of those moments where i go this is exactly it like you know an 11 year old is getting it <laughs> yeah we you were watching so excited about our next generation <laughs> i know exactly we were watching uh, american ninja warriors and they and it's like at seven or eight o'clock on fridays and uh, my son who's nine he's like why are commercials so scary <laughs> right yeah i was like honey because they because Fear sells. Yes. Fear sells. Well, in this in this um, era, not in your era, baby, not in your era. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's it it becomes one of those big questions because some people will be skeptical to say, "Is it possible? Is it possible when we know you know that more education would maybe hinder the business aspect if people are more help healthy." And people understand what they need to do holistically with food, herbs, you know, um, all that type of stuff. Maybe they won't be as sick. And so that's one of the questions that is asked, um, you know, and that's why I say, how can we marry the two? Because, you know, I understand that businesses have to make money, but I also understand that these are human beings. And I don't like human beings being used as, you know, the the vehicle <laughs> to make money when it comes to their health and their wellness. It just doesn't align with me very well. Yeah, I think that's where the initiation part of the healer's journey comes in. I think you hit the nail on your on the head when you said that it needs to start in nursing school and in medical school because it's the individual, like the the doctor, the PA, the nurse, who has to embody what they're teaching in order for it to actually get, be understood, right? Like if, if I'm burnt out and running on fumes and working five twelves in a row, I, there's no way that I can teach you or guide you to heal if I haven't healed myself first. Absolutely. And that's why when I went on the journey, when I went through um, the certified holistic wellness coaching, you know, um, course and journey, that was one of the times where I had the hugest personal growth and transition, um, which then spiraled into a personal healing journey for myself which brought in, you know, spiritually and things like that. So that's like even a whole nother level. Like if we're just talking about holistic health and we're talking about kind of, you know, healthy eating and what you're putting in your body and things like that and movement and fitness and um, those things, you know, spiritual health and wellness takes it to a whole nother level. And so I think to even get there, but we have to start, you know, first things first. So, but it took me on my own personal journey starting from there. And so that takes you to a whole nother level of wanting to be a healthier version of yourself. And like, you know, what I do with my coaching is give that to women. I personally focus on women, but, um, 
give that opportunity to women to focus on their wellness, their mindfulness, and their spiritual inner healing so that they can create the healthiest, happiest, and highest version of themselves. Because when you are focused on that, again, heal yourself, heal the next person, heal the world eventually. Mm. Oh, I just got chills. That was amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, that's everything. But I, yeah, but you know, and like we were saying, but to go back, that comes from an individual place and space. And so my goal is to reach as many people as I can, you know, as long as I'm doing this, but I'm not going to be able to reach everybody. And so that's where we all need to kind of, you know, maybe get on a bigger page of wanting that for everybody and everybody kind of understanding that. Not that it's the perfect way, my way, but I'm just saying in general, more people to be in that space and that mindset of what we want for the patient and how we want their health and wellness to evolve because that should be the goal, right? With healthcare, we want to get them as well as we can. We want them to grow in wellness. I feel that should be one of the things, but I don't feel like that is there. I feel like it's, you know, do what we got to do for the moment and then move to the next one. <laughs> so you, you mentioned this, um, this spiritual health and wellness and um, Eric and I love it, all things spiritual. I would love to know your definition of spirituality. So for me, spirituality is defined as your connection to yourself, number one, and your connection to source very simple and the relationship between the two. And so spirituality is very much individual um, because it is the relationship and the connection that you foster with your inner self. You can call that soul. You can call that self with the capital S. You can call that I am, but that connection and then the connection to source. And then you have kind of the you know, your freeway, <laughs> so to speak, um, between yourself and the divine. And that is spirituality to me, my definition. What do you, do you believe, or yeah, in your perspective, do you feel like that medicine needs more spirituality? I believe medicine could definitely use more spirituality if they're open to that, for sure. It would not hinder. It would help. So you're, when you were in Puerto Rico, your decision to leave was, it sounds like it was resolute, right? You had made the decision. You took the leap. You didn't know where you were going to land, but you trusted. And I don't think that's common, <laughs> I feel like it's uh, pretty uncommon to be so resolute to do it, right? Do you think that one, did your spirituality and your inner voice that has always spoken and you've listened to have a lot to do with it? And two, what guidance, if any, do you have for people who hear it, but don't necessarily listen to it? on the first 
call? Um, I think for me, I was kind of at an in-between space. I wasn't necessarily deep into my spirituality at the time I made that decision. But like I said, I was, you know, a strong leader and I, you know, listened to my intuition and I knew to kind of follow that. That was more of just me, how I was already. Um, But again, the spirituality and that journey really going deep into it came as I started the journey. And so sometimes in spirituality, looking back and knowing what I know now, when you make and take a leap, the universe is going to catch you. And so I think that's what happened to me. I got the download. I took action. I didn't know what the next step was going to be, but the universe did. And so for me, that is why now I can confidently Like I said in the beginning, I wasn't very confident when I stepped into this space. I didn't know. Now I know. And I'm absolutely positive that this is my gift, using my voice, um, helping and healing is what I am meant to do. And, you know, it was probably always my path and my journey, but here we are. And this is how it came to me. And because it was meant for me. And because this is my path, it was strong enough for me to get the message and take action um, without any hesitation. And I think that has to happen for each person. But if anybody's in the space where they are feeling like they want to take something to another level, do something different, make a change, Um, And they're feeling that feeling. My advice would be to take time to slow down, to be quiet, to listen, to not resist, to be open minded. And to really just, you know, try to see and hear where that next step would be, even if it's just a little tiny baby step. You know, it doesn't have to be that I need to know what the end is going to be. It could just be, you know, something's telling me I should do this. Like when I was on the beach and something told me to get on social media and make that announcement, that was me putting it out into the universe. But that was something that was I was feeling and that I was feeling like I needed to do. And maybe that was it happening because, you know, once you put something out there and people hear it, you can't turn back. You have to like keep going. Right. And so maybe that was the universe's way of me doing that so that I would, you know, keep going. Like I put it out there now, I got to keep moving, you know, no matter what happens. And so if you feel that and you're listening, um, quiet down, take that time to listen because you're not getting that thought or feeling for no reason. The, the, the ideas and the things that you want in life or that you picture or that you envision come to you because you can make it happen. But again, it's not going to happen. You have to meet the universe halfway. So when I took that leap and I said, you know what, I'm stepping down and I'm doing this, the universe met me halfway. And here I am three and a half years later with my business. And, you know, when I look back on that journey, it's just like, continue to listen. When you're confused, when you don't know what the next step is, that is when you need to slow down and just be quiet, meditate, journal, take a, you know, a nature walk, whatever it is, ground, 
and really try to listen and be open because what we do is we get something and we're like, eh, I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. Like, I don't know how to do that. But again, it doesn't come to you if they're not going to meet you halfway and give you what you need to make it happen. So don't be scared of that. You know, don't, don't have to need all the answers, just the message and then, you know, take that first step. Yeah. And for people who may not even recognize that their inner voice or intuition, it can be just something as simple as um, is recognizing that you're not happy where you are in the moment mm-hmm. or something's telling you to keep looking at Indeed or LinkedIn for mm-hmm. another job. Right. And, um, and I love that you gave these steps of quieting down, slowing down, listening being open-minded, huge, being open-minded. And the biggest thing is that when you have these downloads or ideas that come to you, it's because you can handle it. Exactly. Beautiful. There is a saying, God's not going to give you anything you can't handle, (laughs) but we get in our own way a lot. You know, (laughs) we tend to get in our own way a lot because we have always that inner voice and that dialogue on the negative side, which is the dominant side of how we think. Um, Just as humans and as human nature, we've been taught to first go to the negative, not the positive. We go to what if this doesn't happen? What if it doesn't work out? What if I can't do this? What if I fail? Versus what if this is beautiful? What if this is the best thing that ever happened to me? What if, you know, I totally rock this? Those are never the first thoughts that come to you. You know, even if you go to like an interview, you're going to be like, well, what if I do this wrong? What if I do that wrong? Not, oh my gosh, I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to kill it. That's just not the way our brains think unless you start to train it to think that way, which is a whole nother (laughs) subject on, you know, mindset and things like that. But, um, yeah, we really have to start trusting ourselves, And that is where the spirituality comes in, connection to self. When you step into that journey of spiritual growth and healing, and you really start to connect with yourself, and you know yourself, and you trust yourself, and you trust source, and you trust divine, it is the most powerful combination for you to be able to go after what you want in life, whether I don't care how small it is or how big it is, but you're going to be confident in it in a way that you weren't before. Does the fear come? Does the doubt try to show up? Yeah, but we always have to push that aside. Um, And it gets so much easier when you're solid in that foundation spiritually. Were you taught this by your family, by your mom? No, not at all. Mm. I actually grew up... (laughs) the daughter of a preacher's child, Southern Baptist. And um, I did know about religion and I did know about God and Jesus. And so, yeah, that part of it, I did know as a child growing up, was I very much into it? No, I, I went to church. I did all the things, but I didn't have a relationship and I didn't have a connection. And that did not come until I found myself spiritually. And so there is a big difference on that point of spirituality and religion. 
And I always say religion is perfectly fine for whoever it is for and whoever it benefits. Um, I have nothing bad to say about anybody following a religion or practicing a religion. Um, But it wasn't for me and it wasn't in alignment with me. And so my journey to kind of break away from organized religion, which I was brought up in and um, being comfortable in my spirituality, that was also a very big transition for me because it felt like turning my back on something. It felt like, you know, disrespect to my father who was a pastor and it felt like an uncomfortable space. But you know what they say, you don't grow in your comfort zone. And as soon as I decided to take that journey and be okay with it and really dive head deep into my practice um, and getting certified, you know, in it and things like that. It was like, oh, why didn't I do this so long ago? You know, but everything happens in due time and when it was supposed to happen. But yeah, I definitely feel that sometimes people, those two words are very synonymous sometimes and people don't understand the differences of what spirituality and religion are to each in comparison to each other. And so with religion, it's very much more of a, um, you know, a set of rules and things that you follow in that space of worship and, um, you know, your spirituality in that aspect, but in spirituality, like I mentioned, it's just a connection between you two, nobody else, no rules, no regulations, you know, it's all, (laughs) you know, no getting in trouble for this or that. It's all just personal. So when you first went into nursing, it's because you wanted to serve, you wanted to help others, you wanted to support, you wanted to educate. And now you're in a different form of healing arts. Do you feel like, of course, do you feel like this is a more fulfilling role that you're playing now? And do you feel like it's also a healthcare position? Um, I definitely feel that this space that I'm in is more fulfilling, fulfilling, and that is because this is my sole purpose. Nursing wasn't my sole purpose. I know that nursing was a vehicle. Nursing was a part of the plan um, to get me here. But at the time that I went into nursing, it was very much what I wanted to do and what I you know, felt like I would be you know, good at. Um, And, you know, I had worked in the medical field pretty much since I was out of high school as other things, registration, clerk, admission, and things like that. And so within that journey, another epiphany and download, like literally that just kind of gave me chills because I thought about it. I worked in the emergency room as a registration clerk, checking in the patients that came into the ER. And it was like one day I looked around because I was really on the road to become a psychology major, which is still kind of in the same realm, right? But um, I looked around and I said, this is what I wanna do. Like, this is what I wanna do. And so I switched my major from psychology and went into nursing. Um, That's kind of how that came about. And so again, it was just one of those things where it was a download and I kind of listened and said, 
this is it. Like, I love this atmosphere. I want to help. I like see what's going on and I want to be part of that. I want to help people get better. And that's where that mindset came from because at the time I was so green, I guess I didn't know the other side of it. So for me, I really felt like, you know, they are like making people better. They are helping people, getting them better in the ER. You see people come and they go home and they feel better. Right. I wanted to do that for people. And so that's kind of where that started. And to answer your second question, I do feel that um, what I do is an extension of healthcare, but on a way deeper level where we're not just talking about health in the sense of, again, um, disease and diagnosis. I think that's, um, you know, again, one part of it. But I think that what I do now, especially um, where I'm at now um, in my brand and business is on a level times 10, because I'm really incorporating with what I do personally, again, alignment, mind, body, soul, and spirit. We're talking a lot about energy how it moves in the body, how it is everything. And so with my clients, they may come to me and say, you know, I really want to lose 10 pounds. I want to get healthy. Um, I want to feel better in my body. I want to look better in my clothes. But as I start to peel layers and I start to kind of get into my coaching with them, the method that I use, um, it always, always, always ends up being about so much more. And that's the part that I really love because again, like I said, when you start to do that and they have those aha moments is when you really start to see that shift change. And again, the shift that changes may not be about losing 10 pounds and disease and diagnosis, but the shift that changes is so big overall that being healthy and well is just a byproduct of that. But there's so much more um, peace and joy in their life. And that is what I think everybody at the end of the day is searching for. And there's so much more healing that has been done in their life. And you have to do that healing to get to a place of peace and to a pl place of true inner joy. And so it all kind of works together. But I think, again, to be the highest version of yourself, the healthiest version of yourself and the happiest, most joyful version of yourself, it is going to come down to spiritual and inner healing. So when you were a clerk and you had the download that this is what you wanted to do, you wanted to really help people, you feel like that you are doing that more now than you did as an RN? Oh, absolutely. I was helping people as an RN and I was there and I was an advocate and I was a support person and I was a cry on my shoulder. I'm scared, you know, all of that. And that felt wonderful because nursing is kind of a thankless job most days by everybody. <laughs> but the one time that you have a patient send a card in and say, oh my God, you helped my family so much, or, oh my God, you really got me through that. I was so scared. You know, those are the moments that really 
you know, just touched my heart and kind of kept me wanting to continue to do and wake up and do what I did. Um, it was those moments, you know, it wasn't the nursing tasks. It wasn't the, you know, title of being a nurse. It was those moments that really were beautiful. And um, now I feel like it's not few and far and in between. Now I feel like it's every client that I touch and every client that I work with. And so it is a different feeling because I feel like I'm making so much more of a difference on a personal, just continuous um, daily level. And then I make connections with these people too, just like I did with my patients. And that's another huge thing that I love. I love, you know, connection, talking, getting to know people. And so one of the things, like I said, was I didn't feel like there was enough, enough time. And now I'm in a space where especially one-on-one, you know, I run um, several weeks with my clients. And so I really love getting to take the time and getting to know these people, not just on an in and out, you know, basis, um, or, you know, if they come in frequently, you might get to know somebody better, but, you know, you really get to know these people. And so you're more invested in wanting to see them have those moments of growth and understanding and development and change um, or whatever, you know, that may be for them. So it's, it's, it's a lot more personal. Do you feel like that they know who you really are too? When I am with my clients, I'm very much um, more than just a coach. You know, I, we become um, connected. You know, I'll say that we become connected. And so I do, you know, yeah, I come to my clients and I, they get the full me, <laughs> you know, they don't get like coach Shamika and then I'm a different way and, 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 you know, they get me. And so we become connected and, you know, not every client um, is the same. And I love that, but you, you know, connections will be different, but each client I make a connection with in some way. Yes. I, I think I found that towards the end of practicing that I wanted to show up as this, my same person in my family life, in my professional life, um, to have integrity in each of those, you know, wearing the same hat and face. Right. <laughs> and, and I felt that, um, I felt like that was um, like, sometimes it felt like a bait and switch, right? Cause I would show up with my white coat on and I would sit in the, in the, um, in the room. And then I would start opening up about this idea of energy or spirituality. And, and they're like, what the hell, man? Just like, I have a cold, you know? <laughs> and, um, and that's something that, one of the reasons why I ended up stepping, stepping away and something that I had to meld. I wanted all of my lives to meld. I wanted to show up authentically in everything that I did. And what was interesting is now as a coach myself is, um, is that I, I am me and they know about me and they know about my life and my kids and things like that. Right. 
And right. I think that there's something to that with this idea of more personalized um, um, connection in medicine, really even knowing who your provider is on that level, like that long gone are the days when you just had this person in a white coat come and sit across from you. It's it's where we want that more meaningful connection. And I think that social media, for better or worse, um, and having, um, you know, having influencers and stuff on social media based in branding of everything is that we really want to know who we're talking to in order to trust them more too. So I hope right. that I was going to say, yeah, the trust thing that makes a huge difference because even in healthcare, you know, I mean, you're getting people who probably don't feel comfortable enough. And, you know, I kind of know this just by being that this is true, um, that people don't tell their doctor everything or they don't, you know, spend again enough time with them, even if they forgot something to be able to come back and tell them like with coaching, it's like, okay, if I didn't remember to tell her something that was going on last week, I can tell her this week or like with myself, I don't know. I know every coach is different. My clients have access to me while I'm working with them um, during the week to email me and to even text sometimes, you know, um, me for things. Now there is guidelines, but just access, you know, to where with a doctor, you know, we're starting to see a little bit more access with online systems and things, but they didn't have that access to be able to come to them in between visits or in between the time to just ask a simple question, right? You have doctor visits like, oh, six months or a year, I see my doctor again for a visit or a follow-up. Um, you know, so it's nice to be able to have that aspect of it too with clients that brings in a more personal and a more trusting, um, you know, they know when they reach out to you, they're going to get a response and they're going to get an answer. And, you know, I let them know that it's going to be within 24 hours and things like that. So there just is a whole different dynamic altogether, I think, with somebody who you're trusting to care for you in a certain sense. Now, this is not medical, but still, you know, it's, you know, I'm, I'm helping them um, in a space that is vulnerable, just like medical care is. And so, you know, I think that brings another aspect into that connection aspect as well. Yeah, I think the whole um, being wrapped up in the identity of the professional has a lot to do with how much authenticity can come through, right? Because if you come in and I'm your PA, I have this identity to withhold and I can't start talking about energy or spirituality or um, be fully myself. And then that doesn't really allow for the patient to be themselves and fully themselves right. and discuss the aspects of health that we all know influence um, health and healing, like spirituality or social or relationships. Um, and I, yeah, that's like, that's the big leap forward for me, I think in healthcare that needs to happen is that we have to realize that doctors and PAs and nurses and everybody in the healthcare system, they're humans too. Uh -huh. <laughs> And um, we don't necessarily have all the answers and we don't necessarily have um, 
all of our ducks in a row and that's okay. Um, and maybe that's a way that we can connect authentically with our patients and really, you know, just um, provide the healthcare that I believe that we can provide. Yeah. Humans, not heroes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just humans. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, we're all just humans. And I think, um, you know, that's a whole nother area of um, healthcare that can be addressed is just, um, you know, looking at everybody as humans, respecting everybody again, where do they come from, different backgrounds. Um, not everybody has the same type of upbringing. Um, and so, you know, there's so many different things and layers that go into it. And so, again, just not looking at it as just this kind of singular thing and um, welcoming in, you know, education for ourselves as well, because it's one thing to educate the patients. Um, but it's another thing for healthcare professionals to be educated themselves in these type of things. And that's why I said, you know, one of the places I think that it can make, you know, a start or a little scratch would be to start doing more of this type of education in, you know, the training before they get into the actual places where they're caring for patients. You know, we get little bits on learning about different cultures, but it doesn't dive deep enough into your own understanding of that and how you're going to bring that to your clients. Um, because I think there's still sometimes some levels of, you know, looking at patients in different ways. And so when you come from that lens, you're not going to be coming from the lens of wanting to understand where they are and how we can really help them in that space. And, you know, we have um, some places that do that, like the counselors and things that set up things, but just not enough of it. It's not enough to really penetrate the whole system. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it needs to be led by everyone, right? Right. To really, and also when we're trying to change something, um, you know, the more streamlined and more you know mainstream it can become the quicker it can be implemented right um which brings us to this this i this what what is the dream what is how do you see the healthcare of the future and when you answer this question just like you did when you had that nudge on the beach of or not the nudge <laughs> when the university is like yeah. pushed you pushed you off the cliff saying you know you need to jump um and you trusted you're like i don't know the how i don't know what this is going to look like but i know that this is the direction i need to go that's where we really want to be when we're thinking about the health care of the future um so how do you see the health care of the future for your for your um for your son I mean, I would love for everybody, number one, to be able to have access to healthcare. Um, I don't know if that is like a universal system. I think that everybody as a human deserves to have access to getting well and getting better and getting healed. Um, and, you know, I would love to see, again, people bridge the gap between holistic and, um, you know, regular Western medicine. So whether that means bringing in more Eastern medicine, other things like acupuncture and things like that, 
and having those as services that are more readily available, more readily talked about, um, other types of, you know, um, nutrition types of plans, because again, everybody is different when it comes to that. And so incorporating more of that education. So lots of education. And I would love to see more mental health care and more bridging of that gap between mental health, gut health, and spirituality, as we mentioned, kind of bringing everything in mind, body, soul, and spirit approach to our healthcare system. I think that would be the most um, beneficial system for people if we were able to get all of that together. And I would love for my son in, you know, 15, 20 years, or maybe even his kids, <laughs> you know, to be able to have that and not to have to worry about whether they're going to be able to get services, whether they're going to be able to pay for insurance, whether they're going to be able to, you know, pay these high medical bills, you know, are they going to be able to get different, if they want different services, are they going to be able to have access to them? So I think, you know, now is where we need to start looking at that and seeing how that is not really happening with this system. I have my mom visiting from Georgia and, you know, she is on medication and she has been here trying to figure out prescriptions for like the last three days. And the process that I'm watching her go through as she tries to contact these people, email them, get a hold of them, make, you know, one of her prescriptions got sent to the wrong place. So it's just a very tough system. You know, it always seems like people are complaining about how hard it is for them to get access and for them to do things, you know, and she's not the only one I've heard, you know, complain about this. So just making a system that is um, patient, more patient focused and more, you know, making it easier for them, I think is a big thing. Mm. Because when it's tough, people, what do they do? They say, forget it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to deal with this. I don't want to deal with this. And so that plays into how much help are, you know, are we giving people how, how easy are we making it for them to receive the services that they need? We're making it so hard for them to get what they need. And that is, again, one of those things that doesn't um, is not really in alignment with what I see healthcare being for people. Mm -hmm. access, access should be the number one, <laughs> you know, thing, the focus. Yeah. So if you're the hospital that you worked for three and a half years ago, four years ago, if they called you up and they said, Shamika, will you come in? and help us revamp our hospital, <laughs> what would you say? I've actually thought about calling them and offering them that service, to be right. honest with you. Um, I would definitely say, yes, I will help you with this project. Um, 
I think if they were reaching out and anybody that wants help and that wants to do better and wants to be better, I can definitely hold space for them. Um, and that would be a beautiful thing to be able to help that happen in some form and capacity, whatever that looked like for the space. So yes, if they called me, I would be more than open to um, assist. <laughs> Just kind of as a consultant, though, <laughs> like I'm not going all the way back. <laughs> I love what I'm doing over here, but I will help. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we've covered everything except where people can find you, who you work with, and what magic are you providing for the world now? Well, I am Ladies Living Limitless um, pretty much everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and my website is ladieslivinglimitless.com. So you can find me there. And, you know, um, I help women who are wanting to go down that path and focus on wellness, mindfulness, and a spiritual inner healing journey so that they can create the healthiest, happiest, and highest version of themselves. And, live that limitless lifestyle because once you do that healing like I said it's a powerful thing and you do start to become limitless you are able to do things that you probably felt you couldn't do before that healing happened and that focus on wellness and mindfulness happened and that's what I want to bring to the world and that is what I'm going to continue to do and I always say if, if just one person, you know, takes one message a day from me, then I'm happy and I've done my job. And, you know, I'm not looking to be, you know, famous or world renowned. If that happens, that's great. If that's part of the journey, but I am really here to help people with their healing journey. And so I'm looking into doing some local things like sister circles, healing circles. Um, I'm actually planning my first one now for the new year. That'll be on um, Saturday, January 1st. I'll be doing my first localized in-person um, healing circle. So I'm super excited about that. I want to reach more people and one-on-one -on -one is great, but you're at a capacity at some point. And so my direction now is to move into doing these locally, um, possibly bringing some things, programs and courses online digitally so that I can reach more people in that aspect. And then down the road, I would love to host retreats, weekend retreats, and just bring healing to people in that type of way, you know, connected, connected way, connection. Mm, yes, please. I'm going to go I'll sign up. <laughs> and if you're love to have you guys, you are more than welcome. <laughs> if you're in San Jose, California, she's having an event on January 1st. Right. Yes. So you can um, sign up on my website, you know, to my newsletter and things like that, where all that information will be coming out over the next couple months for the very first one. So, yes, feel free if you're local San Jose Bay Area to join us. <laughs> so, Shamika, thank you so much. And I 
completely resonate with your message. And I believe it too, that women really, um, if we can get more people and more women to trust their intuition, then we can truly change the world. So I am fully behind you. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. This was so, so great. I loved it. And you guys got me thinking about some stuff too. So as you guys are talking and we're having these conversations, it's like things come into my mind and it's just going to help to propel me forward because this is, um, you know, something that I think that eventually we can make happen as more women and more healthcare professionals and more men, everybody comes together to be on this one accord. Okay. We'll see you on Oprah. All right. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so happy you're here. We look forward to bringing you more stories from the healer's journey on healthcare from the soul. If you've loved this podcast, please let us know by dropping a review on Apple Podcasts to support us getting the word out. As our gift to you, we'll send you a meditation. Just screenshot your review and email us at healthcarefromthesoul at gmail.com. Thank you. And until next time, we're sending all our love.